listening to a special edition of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. Here we are, folks, a brand new episode of Sucker Radio, a special edition, uh, two in one week. You guys are getting a doozy, a treat. Uh, not much of an intro on this episode because I'm going to get right into a 30-plus minute interview with Josh Emmett. He is from Team Alpha Male in Sacramento. He made the trek over to the Netherlands on four days' notice to take on a very tough John Tuck. And he's joining me right now. This guy is arguably coming off one of the biggest wins of his career took the fight on just four days noticed and beat a very very tough john tuck at ufc fight night 87 please welcome josh emmett to sucker radio josh thanks for joining me today man cool thanks for having me on i appreciate it now i have to ask uh before we get into the fight and you know your finger and all that other stuff in your post-fight speech the first thing you said was Happy Mother's Day. Now, I mean, obviously, being a mama's boy from the sounds of it, how tough was it to be away from your mom on Mother's Day? <laughs> no, it was uh, tough. I guess you could say I'm a, a mama's boy, and uh, it was awesome, but I knew she was home watching me fight, and uh, as well with a lot of my, my close friends that you know have children as well. So uh, they were actually all together. So when I gave them all their shout outs, all my, my friends, my moms, they were uh, sitting there together and they said it was one of the best Mother's Day um, gifts that they've ever had. So they were just really excited for me. But it, it was difficult. I wish my mom was there. And uh, we actually had plans. You know, I was going to take her out to uh, dinner and a movie and stuff like that. But she totally understood. That's awesome. Now, obviously... Uh... You phoned her. She said, as you said, it was the best Mother's Day gift ever. You beat John Tuck in your UFC debut on just four days' notice. Now, talk about the mind frame behind that. I mean, you're coming in. You fly overseas to begin with. You enter the octagon in your UFC debut, which a lot of people say there are jitters. And you want a split decision, but you did look very, very good in there. They'd, I didn't see any octagon jitters in there. What was your mindset like going into this fight? <clears throat> you know, it's. Uh, I, I was just trying to treat it just like any other fight. Um, I trained with the best team in the world, you know, Team Alpha Male, and I, I've been a competitor since I was a little kid. You know, I've, I've grown up wrestling. Um, I, I wrestled in, you know, high school at junior college at Sac City College, and then I wrestled at the four-year level at Menlo College, which is an NAIA school. And, you know, I wrestled in the state tournament. I wrestled in nationals in front of, you know, thousands of people. And even in my the local organization that I was the champion in, West Coast Fighting Championship, you know, um, I, I had, like, the biggest crowds. And, you know, they'd pack in, like, five to 8,000 people. I know it's, it's not the UFC or anything, but... I, I, I personally love the crowd and uh, the louder they get, I kind of feed off their energy. And, uh, and I've heard about UFC jitters and in my mind, I was just, I, I was telling everyone, like, I'm not going to have any jitters, uh, for the people that know me, they know I, I love the crowd, like I was saying. And so I was just like, I'm going to go out there and just perform just like it's another little local show and uh, just put on an exciting fight for the fans and kind of show the world that I belong there. And, um, yeah, just everyone's counting me out, too, you know. 
and I know that a lot of people were, except my friends and family. Uh, they knew I'd win, so uh, I just wanted to go out there and and show people, like I said, I belong there, and and make some of the critics that were saying that I had no chance. I wanted them to eat their words. <laughs> and I guess being that you said, you know, you train with some of the best in the world at Team Alpha Male, having those guys behind you and, and on your shoulders and whatnot. I mean, you're it's like you're in the octagon every day with the guys that you're training with. So regardless of, of being a first-time guy inside the octagon, you're training with Uriah and all these other guys every single day. Exactly. And and it's, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know. I've, I've been, you know, part of Team Alpha Male, and, and I was there at the beginning when Uriah opened his gym in 2006. Um, I was interested in fighting, so I went in there, and uh, then I went ahead and went to Menlo College on a wrestling scholarship for three years. I want to get my degree and get better at wrestling and then come back where I, I left off, and I did that in 2010. So I, I was there when everyone was making their debuts, and i have been the main training partner for a lot of the guys. You know, Danny Castillo, Chad Mendez, Uriah, um, Andre Feely, just all these guys. I've been there. And uh, I've been competing with the best on a daily basis. And so it, it always boosts my confidence when I, I can go in there, like you said, and it's like a UFC fight every practice um, or a title fight. And, you know, I can, I do really well and I can hold my own. So it, it does boost my confidence. And, uh, you know, I would think like, what's this guy going to do to me? Like, they're not going to do anything to me that I haven't already seen in the practice room. Now, when you left and, and you went to college and, and did that in 2010, were were you still in constant contact with Uriah and the guys at the gym? Um, no, I wasn't, actually. Um, they, they knew I was going down there, and uh, I really just focused on school and uh, wrestling. And then as soon as I graduated, I, I literally, you know, it's like I took a three-year hiatus from fighting, um, but I got my degree. You know, I wrestled, got better at that. And then I uh, just came right back, and I, I've been there ever since. You know, I had two amateur fights. I had some injuries um, where it kind of sidelined me for a few years. Um, and then I was, I just kind of went on a little run in 2013, actually at the end of 2013, and been fighting consistently every three months as much as possible just because I got into the game a little late, you know, with my age and everything. I always... I always think like, what if I wouldn't have went to school and I would have just stayed there in 2006? Would I have already, would I be in the UFC and be like where a lot of my teammates are right now with their age or, you know, who, who knows though? But I, I think everything has happened for a reason and I, I'm just like blessed. It's like one thing doesn't happen, but something else uh, happens that's, you know, just a little bit better. And uh, everything's led me in this, uh, this direction. And it's been a long road, but it's been exciting, and, and I wouldn't change it for the world. Was there ever any ever a time like when you left to go to college and and MMA took a back burner? Did you ever feel like, oh, I'm not going to get back into this sport? Or was it always that you were going to finish college, get better at wrestling, and come back to it stronger than ever? Yeah, and, and, and that was my whole mindset. You know, I, I've always been a huge fan of MMA. Before it was mainstream, you know, I was watching these... Uh, these UFC fights at my buddy Johnny's house when it was like Matt Hughes and stuff, we'd order them on pay-per-view. I was still in high school. And then, uh, but yeah, like you said, I, I knew it was just an opportunity. I, I knew I had to get out of town to finish school. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, I had to get out of town to finish school. And then just in case, if the fighting didn't work out, I'd have something to fall back on. And I knew I'll get better at wrestling, so it's only going to get me better, uh, you know, with mixed martial arts. So that was my, my goal all along. Like, I, I knew as soon as I'm done, I'm right back, and that's exactly what I did. So now 10-0 and 0 with, obviously, a UFC contract under your belt. You beat John Tuck. How, talk about your performance in there. I mean, it was a split decision. It was your first outing in there. So regardless of whether it was a decision or not, were you impressed by the way you acted inside the octagon in your debut? Yeah, no, I was actually pretty happy with my, my performance. Um, I wish I could have put it on him a little bit more, but I, I know for sure I won the first round. I won the second. I was winning the third round until my finger broke. So I, I don't know how they scored it a split decision. I, I still think it should have been unanimous, but uh, it is what it is. And and I'm, I'm not sure what some of the judges are watching or looking at. But no, I, I was definitely happy with my performance. The, the only thing I was a little disappointed with was, you know, after my my bone was sticking out of my finger, I just, I didn't really get a finish strong, I guess you can say. You know, like my punch count was going up. I was feeling really good. I, I think I could have put him away in the third round. Um, I, I found my rhythm, my timing, just everything was coming into place. And then, and then that happened. And I, you know, I just, I just kind of still had to find a way to win. And, and I was only fighting with one hand and I kind of had to hide that from the, the ref as well. <laughs> um, but there was nothing like it, even leading up to this fight, I was just, you know, I, I was saying it's going to be a 15 minute fight potentially, you know, all, everything I've done has led me to this point. It's such a big opportunity and there's nothing that's going to stop me from winning. You know, I said, I'll, I'll, I'll go through anything. I'll endure anything, but I will win and I'll, I'll find a way to win. And that's exactly what I had to do, even though I had to, you know, overcome some adversity and, um, you know, it was a little, it was actually really awkward, but it's kind of funny because in wrestling, I, I dislocated my pinky before. So it was kind of almost like the same sensation. So maybe that prepared me for this, uh, this moment. Um, when he did that, it felt, I, I knew something was definitely wrong and it felt kind of the same sensation of dislocating my finger. So when I looked down, cause my finger was numb and I looked down, but then I could definitely see the, the bone sticking out and my finger was just hanging there. And I was like, Oh man, that's not, that's not good. <laughs> but, uh, but I was just, you know, it really didn't bother me. And I looked up at the clock and I, I had just a little under two, two thirty to go. And I was like, it is what it is. You know, I've come this far. I only have another two minutes, 30 seconds. And then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be excited, but I, there was no quitting me. There was nothing he was going to do to me. He could have kicked it off and, uh, I would have kept fighting still. <laughs> and you said that you were trying to hide it from the referee, obviously, because you didn't want him to see that your bone was sticking out. There's blood everywhere. And uh, But the funny thing was, once the fight was over and you went over to speak to John Anik, um, you were holding it up there for, for the crowd to see. It was like you just wanted to show this thing off. Ha-ha, <laughs> look what I fought with. Yeah, and I, I, well, I wanted, what I was trying to do, too, is because the last, you know, 2.30 of the third round, it was just, I felt like I was kind of like, not running away, but I wasn't fighting the way I was, and I wanted to show people that's the reason why, you know? I wanted to show him, like, I, I was just kind of apologizing, like, sorry, you guys, but that's the reason why I didn't get to finish strong, uh, because the fans were booing me, and uh, 
kind of made me a little frustrated. So I just wanted to show them that's the reason why. And if that didn't happen, I would have finished a lot stronger. There you go. Now, this fight took place in Rotterdam, um, Netherlands. You decided to, to extend your trip, and I believe you're still there at this point. What time is it right now? Because uh, it's obviously pretty late. I mean, it's 4 p.m. from where you're from back in Sacramento, California, but it's quite early in the morning back there, correct? Yeah, it's, uh, so we're nine hours ahead over here, so it's uh, 1, 10 a.m. Well, I got to thank you for that. And uh, what's it been like? I mean, extending the trip isn't something that always happens for UFC fighters. I mean, they don't always get the greatest pay or uh, they're not able to extend the trip. You know, they might have to come back and help out at the gym and whatnot. But you've been able to make this a bit of a vacation. So just talk about the Netherlands, man. It, it seems like a pretty cool thing that you were able to extend it. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome. The, the people are great. Um you know, I've actually never been out of the country. So it, the way this worked out is uh, when I got that call from Joe Silva, he was asking if I had a valid passport. And I was like, yes. And he's like, oh, do you want to go to the Netherlands this weekend? I was like, of course. And luckily I had my my passport because my wife and I, we, we got passports, I don't know, five years ago or something because we wanted to go on a honeymoon in Europe but we ended up just going to Hawaii, you know, so we never used them. So I've had that passport for a while. Otherwise I would have never had one. And so I got this call on short notice. So I flew over here. My wife, she wasn't going to be able to make it because of work and everything. And it was just the tickets were really expensive. So what happened is just last minute I was over here. I had another friend that was flying out. And so I said, you need to just come out here. So she, she flew out with one of my friends and then since she was coming out here, I was like, we might as well just extend, you know, extend our, our stay. So we paid the little extra to change the flight. You know, otherwise we we're going to go back Monday, the day after the fight. So we did it till Sunday. It was just a small fee. And so we were able to uh, stay an extra night in Rotterdam. And then we hopped on the train and we came to Berlin. That's where we are right now. So we stayed uh, three days. And then tomorrow we're leaving early to go back to Amsterdam and we're going to stay two days there and then fly out on Sunday. But it's been, it's been awesome. Like there's so much history over here in Berlin. We've seen, we just did all the touristy stuff, you know, and it, it's been, it's been crazy. We probably walked like 15, 20 miles in the past <laughs> three days. My feet hurt and, and they're already, you know, I've been really sore and, and achy, but uh, my feet are even more swollen now just from walking and flip flops and, and boat shoes, but it, it's really been kind of like just a dream come true. So this this week has been one of the craziest and most fun weeks of my life. <laughs> I guess it's almost a blessing in disguise that that finger injury happened and you uh, can't get called for another short notice fight if you're ending your trip in Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, exactly. It's, <laughs> you know, I can go back and. Uh, I'm not going to be doing any any crazy stuff, but uh, just have some fun. But yeah, we're, I can get back into the town. I'll just start running again. And luckily, I I don't think my finger is going to be that big of an issue. Um, the doctors here, what they did is they reset the bone and then they stitched it up and put a cast on. 
but that what they were thinking is that the bone was dislocated and then stuck through the skin. So there was no fracture from what they could see from the x-ray. And then they checked all like my tendons and everything and everything's intact. So it, it's just kind of like an open wound from what they're saying. I need to see a specialist and a surgeon when I get back into Sacramento. And that's actually already set up on Wednesday. But if, if, if they're right, I could actually, as soon as I get a little more mobility in my finger, I could go back to training in maybe a few weeks. Nice. Are you able to move? I, obviously, it's in a cast, so you can't move it at all, correct? Um, yeah, funny funny thing with that is uh, I have my, my doctor and nutritionist, he actually told me to take the cast off. So I, I took the cast off the other <laughs> night just because he didn't want it to get too stiff and then I'll have no range of motion. So my wife helped me take that that off in the hotel, and uh, and so I've just been working on it, just because I broke my hand a few times. So I'm doing all the exercises yeah. uh, that I did in the past, and so I actually have a lot more range of motion, and I'm able to move that finger. I just can't make a fist, you know, a, a tight fist, but it's it's getting there. Nice. So. Now, being that you were nine and zero, I'm sure there was discussion with the UFC prior to this fight. Um, I know. Dana White said that Uriah has been talking about you forever, and uh, you finally made your UFC debut. H- had you been in contact with them in the past, or your management, or what took so long to get there? I mean, nine and zero with some pretty impressive finishes. You'd think you'd be on their radar even before this short notice fight. Yeah, and I was. Um, I actually when um, when the UFC came to Sacramento when it was. TJ Dillashaw was fighting, supposed to fight Burrell for the second time. Yeah, you know, and then he got, he got that injury, so he ended up fighting Joe Soda. I was um, I was on a call with Uriah, and he was talking to Joe Silva, and I was almost going to get on that card. I was five and zero at the time. Um, they were going to, I believe, match me up with Chris Wade, but then they went with another guy that was six and zero. He was from the Central Valley, um, but he ended up losing i think it was kane carrizosa but they so they went with him because he was six and oh and uh he lost and you know he got submitted in like 45 seconds and then i went on it just kind of motivated me um even more i was like man what is going on so i just you know i fought i, I fought some tough guys I, I won a few more fights and then it was like every time i fought um uri would you know talk to dana wyatt and joe silva and they're like okay win one more fight and we'll sign him and then I, I won another one, still nothing. And then the ultimate fighter came around and it was, it was Faber, um, and McGregor. And so I tried out for that show and I did really well in the, um, you know, the grappling rounds, the mitt rounds, I passed all the, the interviews and I, I stayed there for a week, did all my medicals and I was down to like the top, I want to say like 30, 40 people. And so I thought it was almost like a for sure thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was even going to fight another UFC vet, Ernest Chavez. And I was talking to one of the, the producers and I was like, you know, I have this huge fight coming up and I, I need the money. So can I take this? And what he basically told me is like, you know, I can't really say anything, but you shouldn't take that fight if you're serious about the show. Kind of saying like, I was going to make the show and I was like, okay, no worries. If, if that's the case, I'm okay with that. So I ended up not taking the fight. And then I knew that people were going to fly out to Vegas because they were going to start filming soon because Uriah was going out there and he was asking me what's the deal with that. And I'm like, I don't know. So I, I emailed them like, when am I going to get my itinerary? And, uh, he actually said, I'm sorry you were selected as an alternate, 
but if anyone gets injured, you know, we'll try to get you on the show. And I was like, what? <laughs> so that was like really, really upsetting to me. And I was just, I was just kind of pissed to be honest. And then, uh, Uriah still wanted me to be a part of it. So he brought me on to help coach the show. I was out in Vegas for like three, four weeks. And, um, and even that, like it, it was, it was a good experience, but just to kind of show face and meet Dana White. And, um, but then as I was helping these guys out, like everyone was great, really tough fighters, you know, good fighters. But I was just thinking like, man, I should be here. Like, and, and I was like, I could win this show. And so, but long story short, and then I ended up fighting Christo Thiagos. Um, actually, I fought, fought this other guy. I'm sorry, I forget his name, but he had a win over Benson Henderson and he, he had like 35, 36 pro fights. Nothing happened there. Then I fought Christos Iagos and he was a UFC vet and uh, he was a tough guy and I gave him his first knockout. And then basically I was on this list. If anyone got injured or anything opened, I'd be the, the first to, to go. So I guess that's kind of what happened. And uh, yeah, I got the call on four day notice. And I, I jumped on it, you know, because I always stay ready and I'm I'm in great shape and uh, I'm ready at any point. I guess, I mean, yeah, being on The Ultimate Fighter is cool to say and, and all that stuff. You might have fun in the house, but almost again, a blessing in disguise. Thank goodness you didn't go into the house because you're stuck in this house with 16 other, 15 other guys. Um, no other communications with other people. You got to live your life and now you're in the UFC. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, it, that's what I said. Everything has happened for a reason. And I truly believe that. Like, um, you know, it's like it'll be a, a one little disappointment and I'll be really upset. But then I just try to remind myself that, you know, that wasn't meant to be. And then something else comes of it. And I'm like, oh, that's why. Like, what if I did that? And I've thought about that a lot, a lot of times. Like, I don't think I would have liked that house at all. Even being there to coach with, uh, you know, like you're saying, like we couldn't have our, our, our phones or no music and it was just complete silence. And I got to go back to the hotel. You know what I mean? I couldn't imagine living like that for whatever it was, six, seven weeks. And, and even just talking to some of the guys, they were just saying how it was just, it was just crazy, you know? And I've had teammates on the show before and they said it was some of the toughest, it was one of the toughest things they've ever had to do. Yeah, I bet. So I, I am I am fortunate and I am lucky that uh, I didn't go that route, you know? Yeah, man. I, I see on your record that uh, you fought your first few pro fights at featherweight. Then there were a few catchweight matches, lightweight. You fought John Tuck at lightweight. Is featherweight something, I mean, you're not a small lightweight by any means. Um, is featherweight in your future at all still? I'm not sure, to be honest. I And that's the whole thing. I was going back and forth with that, too, because I... You know, whatever weight class I'm in, as far as wrestling, too, I was always in the toughest weight class, you know, in the state or the country. And it, it kind of seems like I, I fell into that category uh, in MMA. It's just like maybe an average size. But I was saying I'd either go 45s or 55s, whatever I had to do to get my foot in the door. Like, I would fight at 70s if if that was my only route to get in the UFC and then drop to 55s. But it it may be, you know, in in the future, but right now I, I feel great at one fifty five. I am short for um you know the the lightweight division, but I feel like strength wise I, I can 
there's no, there hasn't been anyone that's overpowered me. And I feel like I can go with bigger guys and I'm stronger than them. Um, it's maybe just a reach, reach thing, but I, I can get inside and, you know, work the body or, you know, get takedowns whenever I, whenever I feel like it as well. So I haven't really had an issue or problem with it yet. Hey, coaching against uh, Conor McGregor, you, I mean, you might want to get your hands on that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't really talk to him much. Uh, you know, I, I thought he was actually, to be honest, like a, a pretty nice guy. Um, but other than that, and some of the stuff he says is actually pretty, you know, it's pretty funny and entertaining. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of the stuff he does is just for, you know, the cameras. But I, I didn't really have too much interaction with him. So, 1-0 and inside the octagon. Um, obviously, in the position that you're in, you're not you're not a guy that's going to be out there calling guys out. But at this point, is there anyone on your radar that you would like to get in there against next? Um, I haven't really thought about it too much. I, to be honest, I just want to get in there. I, my, I'm 31, so I feel like my window's short. So maybe have, you know, I, I'm really here to fight whoever the UFC wants. Even if it's a short-notice fight, I'll jump all over it again. But I, I do want to get in there and start fighting, you know, top guys. You know, I I want to get in there and, you know, just test myself. And I feel like the better the fighter that I fight, I'll rise to the occasion. And, uh, you know, I, I truly believe I, I belong there and I can compete with anyone and I can be a contender um, right now. So I, I just want to continue to show the world that and I, I'm getting better and better. So really whoever, but my, my ultimate goal is to be a, a world champion. And that's why I fight. And I think that's why everyone fights. I, I'm not just trying to get to the UFC and step foot in the octagon and, you know, say I'm a UFC fighter. I, I truly want to be the best in the world. I want to, um, you know, create a legacy and uh, people to know who I am and just know that I'm a great fighter. And, and I'm always an exciting fighter. Like, I, I really try to please the crowd. Um, and I've never had a boring fight. And, and I'll continue to do that and hope to get some performance bonuses and uh, get a lot of fans. Yeah, man. Of course, you, you, obviously, you don't want to be a guy that just, you know, I, I step inside the octagon. You've already done that. You want to be the champ. You want to get back in there. So if all goes right with your finger and all that stuff, like you said it should, when would you like to get back inside the octagon, even if it's not a short notice fight? Like, what sort of time frame are you thinking? Um, honestly, as soon as possible. I know um, one of my teammates, Darren Elkins, he's fighting on the Chicago card. I believe it's sometime in July. I actually, my mom and father were from there. I have a lot of family. I would like to fight on that card. Or, you know, I'm hoping that the UFC will come to Sacramento because Sacramento is building one of the, the best arenas um, there is. And I think they're going to be finished sometime in October. So I'm just hoping that would be, it'd be so awesome if they could come to uh, Sacramento. It's always been my dream to uh, fight in front of my home crowd in the UFC. And this would be even better if it was in the brand new arena. Um, that would be awesome. But really, as soon as possible, as soon as I, I see that, that surgeon and they give me the the news or whatever, I if they clear me, then I, I'm going to get right back into training. And I'm, I'm just really hungry. I I want to fight as soon as possible and continue to fight uh, as long as no injuries or 
yeah, and, and I stay healthy. Did you talk to Dana White and Joe Silva after the fight, and and what were their thoughts on your performance? Um, I did not. Um, I don't. I don't think Dana White or Joe Silva were there. Um, yeah, I don't think they were there. Okay, but but uh, Uriah was just telling me that Dana White was really, you know, he was happy with my performance, and uh, you know, he thought I did really well, and uh, yes, yeah, so I hope to see hope to see them soon or or talk to them soon. Now, a couple more things for you here before I let you go. I know it's getting really late over there. So, um, you're fine. You you said you were with Uriah when he first started the gym, the Ultimate Fitness, um, and, and you've moved up with him. and And a lot of guys have started their careers with them, but some of those guys have moved on, i.e., T.J. Dillashaw, sort of as Conor McGregor says, the snake in the grass. Uh, do you do you what do you think of all that? Do you think these guys are we saw what happened to TJ when he went out there and and fought with Team Elevation behind his back. I mean, he he didn't look the same as he did as he did with Team Alpha Male. What were your thoughts and what was sort of the atmosphere? I talked to Cody Garbrandt about this, about the atmosphere when these guys left, and he said it was a little odd, and it was odd when he saw TJ and 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 stuff like that. So, just in your words, what was the atmosphere like when when all that stuff was going down? Did it change at all inside the gym or? Or is everything still all exactly the same? No, I think at the point, um, I don't know, I I say this a lot, like when a lot of fighters go out and cross-train, there's so many fighters that cross-train with other gyms, but I think they just made that issue just way bigger of a situation than it actually was. You know, just because Team Alpha is such a tight-knit group, and then he was leaving, so they kind of, the media and everything blew it out of, proportion but uh at the time you know martin campman was leaving we didn't really have you know a head coaching staff and the energy the level was like maybe a little low but uh after he left and then you know uriah came up he's like how can we make this better then he kind of came up with the coaching staff that we have and it's just been now the energy is better than it's ever been you know we have justin buckles as the head coach we have Danny Castillo as the wrestling coach, Chris Holdsworth, jiu-jitsu coach, Master Tong Muay Thai, and then uh, my boxing coach that I've been working with for a few years, Joey Rodriguez. He's the head boxing coach, and Fabio Prado helps us out, and, and Felipe uh, Barigio. And it's just it's crazy. Like We have so much structure, and there's so much knowledge um, in the coaching staff, and they've all fought at the highest level. And... Uh, been there and and it, it's really it's just it's great but as far as like tj and benavides leaving you know they like i guess they had to do what they had to do and uh still wish them the best and they're they're great fighters and and great people but uh you know it is what it is yeah i think i think cross training with different gyms is a bit of a different story like as i said i spoke with cody about it and you know he has brandon gibson and, and helps him out with his striking and whatnot if if you had the chance to train with anyone, obviously you have such great coaches with you at Team Alpha Male. You named them all off right there, and, and th- that's quite the product behind you. But is there anywhere around the world that you would like to train just to sort of try out those skills with other coaches? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I, I'd be open for it. Um, there has been some coaches that come through the gym, but you know, maybe maybe one of these days I can go out to, I don't know, go out to a you know, with Cody or, or someone else and, you know, 
get mitted down by one of these coaches. But other than that, I, I, I really don't think I need it. You know, I, I've been brought up with team alpha male and, um, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm, I'm from Sacramento. All my friends and family are there. I own a, a CrossFit gym, movement CrossFit in Sacramento. And, you know, I, I love Sacramento. So I'm definitely not going anywhere and they couldn't pay me enough to leave. All right. Before I let you go, the final question here, Uriah Faber takes on Dominic Cruz, UFC 199. How do you see the fight playing out, man? Uh, it's going to be a tough fight for sure, but you know, Uriah is one of the only guys to beat Dominic Cruz. And even when they fought the second time um, for the belt to whatever unified or whoever was going to be the first Bantamweight champion in the UFC, I was at that fight. And I believe that was in 2010 or 2011, but I thought Uriah won that fight. And they gave, you know, it was a split decision or unanimous to, to Cruz. But, you know, Uriah is a gamer. So I think... I could see it finishing a few ways. If your eye can connect one of those big overhand rights, you know, I could see him putting him out or if he can just get him to the ground, I could see your eyes submitting him. He's just such a well-rounded fighter and uh, I'm hoping for the best. And I'm hoping that he brings that, that belt back to Sacramento. He's been working so hard um, for it, you know, and, and I truly believe he, he can do it and he'll be the guy to stop Dominic Cruz. He is Josh Emmett. He made his UFC debut against John Tuck at UFC Fight Night 87 this past weekend. Josh, man, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for, you know, keeping up so early for me over there in the Netherlands. And uh, thanks for taking the time, 30 minutes out of your day, to just chat with me, man. I really appreciate it. Just let people know where they can find you in the social media universe. If there are any sponsors other than Reebok that you'd like to shout out, the floor is yours, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, you guys can all, uh, look me up on Instagram and Twitter. It's the, the same. It's Josh Emmett one five five. So J O S H E M M E T T one five five. And then Facebook's just Josh Emmett. You can find me on there. I just want to thank all my, uh, you know, my, like I said, friends, family. I want to thank my mom, my wife, Vanessa, my in-laws, my best friends, Johnny and Felice. Um, just just everyone, all my movement, CrossFit family, everyone on Team Alpha Male, all my coaches. I really wouldn't be here if it wasn't for everyone's support. And, uh, you know, they motivate me. They, they, they've they helped me get here, and I'm going to continue to uh, make them proud of me. And uh, I want to thank Sacramento for, uh, you know, rallying behind me and, and showing me a lot of love. Josh, man, thanks a lot, and congratulations on the UFC debut victory, man. Enjoy the rest of your vacation, and I can't wait to see you back inside the Octagon. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate it. He was Josh Emmett. As I said, he made his UFC debut against John Tuck at UFC Fight Night 87. Fantastic outing. He won via split decision, and, you know, how awesome is it that he got to extend his vacation over there in the Netherlands, finishing off in, uh, as I said, Amsterdam, or as he said, Amsterdam. So right now I'd like to thank my sponsors, ProAmBelts.com, BCKimonos.ca, FusionFightGear.com, and FloatHouse.ca for everything they do for Sucker Radio. I'd really, really like to thank them. And that was a special edition of Sucker Radio, two in one week, folks. Thank you to Josh Emmett for joining me. Thank you to you guys for listening. Make sure you like MMA Sucker on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at MMA Sucker. Follow myself on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. 
Make sure you subscribe and rate us on iTunes. With that, I'm out.